Hello, everybody. Welcome back into Talk Off. It is Friday, July 7th. Happy post-4th of July, everybody. Hope everyone's 4th of July hangovers are gone by now. Uh, Zach, let's just come out and say it. 4th of July sucked this year. Fucking sucked. Did not feel like the 4th. It did kind of suck. I think it was you know why? there was a combination of two things if you were on the uh if you were on the east coast. It was well, maybe not the east coast, let's say New England. Rain and the fact that it was a Tuesday. It was a combo of those two. And Canada. And Canada. Canada just ruins everything. Canada killed because the they're weekend. always like what's oh, hockey? It's just like, why must we uh, set fires to forests so the smoke comes to America? Keep your smoke in Canada. Get your Canadian smoke out of here. Stupid a- AQI got the fucking fireworks canceled where we are. I'm sure it happened other places too. It was sad. But we live on. And life lives. Life goes on. Fourth of July was kind of ass. I'm kind of over Fourth of July. Even though a couple podcasts ago, I feel like we were talking about the best holidays. And Fourth of July was up there as one of them. But it's so loud. It's so loud. It's so I, I loud for this. no reason. Just, I, I still don't understand why we can't. There's got to be some way to make fireworks less loud. Because I, making them illegal didn't do anything. People still do them in their backyards. So you just have people in very close residential neighborhoods lighting off massive massive fireworks that make the loudest noise and scaring the shit out of me while I'm in my bed trying to sleep. Yeah, it is. um, We talked about this last episode. It's not an ideal sound at all. It's actually extremely loud for no reason, for literally no reason. No reason. (sighs) Tough scenes. Tough scenes all around, but, you know, this weekend is uh, – I'm, I'm excited about this weekend because we have – it's going to feel like the 4th on Friday. We have a little 4th of July, post-4th of July kind of Americana celebration. So I'm looking forward to that. Soiree, I'm, if you would say. That's what I'm really going to – Zach, we're going to celebrate the 4th this, this Friday. That's, that's what I'm – That's I'm making Friday my 4th of July. Friday the 7th, baby. I'm, I'm I'm saying everyone out there, if you had to work on Wednesday, you have the right to celebrate the 4th of July this Friday. I agree. I think everyone should celebrate all the time. Why not? We love America. Why don't we show it all the time? Let's just celebrate. Let's just celebrate good times all the time. Good times. Speaking good of teams who are celebrating good times, the New York Mets – Four wins in a row. Now only six under 500. Francisco Alvarez coming up big last night. Ninth inning, two-run Jack. Zach, I don't want to say things are turning around for the New York Mets, but it seems to be like the team is playing with a lot more confidence in the last four days than they have in the last two and a half months. Yeah, I definitely don't think you should say that they're 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 back because they. I never said they're back. I, those I know, words I know, never I came out of my mouth. I know, I know. I, I said know. they're playing with a lot more confidence. They definitely are. Like that's what I'm saying. I you can't say they're back because they dug themselves into such a deep hole. But you can see where they're playing well. You can see that this team has been playing better since the start of July. A little four game win streak is not something you know. It, 
they happen. It's good that it's happening. It's kind of like what we talked about. Uh, last, I don't know if it was last week or two weeks, whatever it was. We were talking about how teams like the Mets and the Red Sox, these 500 teams, will go on 10-game win streaks like it's nothing and then go te- on 10-game lose streaks like it's nothing. So I'm not surprised to see the Mets you know, go on a little streak here. Hopefully they can keep it going, but – this is uh, you know the the 500 the this is this the um the ups and downs of a 500 team season this is just what happens you get some hot weeks you'll get some cold weeks and right now the mets are riding a high taking a couple games from the diamondbacks feels very good not losing a game in july so far feels very good and hopefully they can keep it going because this is a this is a very fun team that a lot of people were hoping they could see in the playoffs this year even though it looks like it's not going to happen yeah, it's um I I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about how this team can perform for the rest of the season. Look, we're only I think we're five and a half out of the wild card right now. So it's not an impossible feat. It's not impossible by any stretch of the imagination. The team just has to play a lot better baseball and they have to go on one of those Atlanta Braves stretches where I forget the number, but th- like they've only lost like the, I mean, what was this the stat, Zach, that they only lost like thirty games? from like June on last year. Oh yeah. 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 It was, it was ridiculous. Um, but the Mets have to go on to one of those streaks and it's going to take a lot. It's going to take a collective effort and it'll probably take a lot of help from the teams above them in the standings, but this is a great place to start. There's finally life in the dugout. It seems like, it seems like they're having fun out there. Like door looked like he was having fun after the win last night. I'm just hoping we can keep the ball moving tonight. I hope we can get the sweep in Arizona. And then we got to go out to the Padres in San Diego, and that's going to be another tough challenge for this team. But um, if they're playing the way they're playing now, I think we're ready for that challenge, and I'm excited to see them uh, face a challenge like that. So, And this is, a great, this is a great test. If we can sweep Arizona, it just shows the team that they have the ability to go out there and win ballgames, especially against top-tier teams like Arizona has been playing all year round. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I I think taking taking this series from Arizona it means a lot because this is this is a very good team. This is a top five team in baseball right now. They're playing like a top five team in baseball, and they have top five talent right now. And to take this series from them feels really good, especially because you didn't do it in Queens, you did it in Arizona. So you know, I I think it says a lot about the Mets. I think it says a lot about what they can do. This is. I feel like this this past series, we saw what the Mets were supposed to be. This is what they were supposed to do this year. They were supposed to win games, win close games too. So, you know, it feels good to see the Mets playing as I think they should have. But, again, this is a 500 team. And, and yes, like you said, they're five and a half out of the wild card, which is, which is easily – can easily be done. You can easily come back from a five and a half – deficit but they will need a bunch of teams to start playing not so great and right now the teams ahead of them are just playing better baseball so we'll see really what happens with them when it comes to the second half but i don't know we could see the mets uh make a push here and that would be exciting yeah that would be very exciting i would be super super pumped about that uh, but obviously I want this team to go in the direction that's the best for the foreseeable future. And like the worst thing I would hate is for us to, you know, go on a crazy stretch here 
and then you know be buyers the deadline and have it all blow up in our face in late september early october so we'll we'll see we'll see what happens cautiously optimistic is how i'm currently feeling let's go around the league though let's go around the league a lot of a lot of news to catch up on Zach, let's start with uh, Ellie De La Cruz in the Reds. Still, still on fire. In fact, last night was sick. De La Cruz hits a bomb off the Nationals. After did they make them? Was it the manager who who said go check the bat to the umpire? I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure it was the manager of of the Nationals. Um, they called out his his bat for something. He had. I don't know what it was, but he had something on the knob of his bat, which something was something that is, uh, which is very legal. It is very legal in Major League Baseball. The Nationals manager called it out. The umpires made him take it off the bat. The next time up, what did he do? He hits a fucking cock shot about four hundred and fifty feet, and just watching this guy play baseball is just absolutely incredible. Like. And when after he hit that home run too, he he pointed at that knob. He looked at that dugout because he they asked him about it after the after the game was over in his uh, in his post game presser, and they were talking about it. And he basically said, "I didn't do it to mock the Nationals. I didn't like. I wanted. I want to show everyone I'm not good because I'm cheating. I'm not good because I have something on my bet. I'm good because of all the work that I've put into to get to this point." And He's a hundred percent right. This guy has put in incredible work in the minors, and he's just an insane player that is boosting his team to where they are now. This team would not be playing the way they are if it wasn't for Ellie De La Cruz. He no, he's keeping is them, keeping them involved. He is absolutely. They they have won twenty of the twenty six games that he has played. They are 48 and 39. They have a slight lead over the Brewers, who they play before and right before and right after the All Star break. So they could separate the, the themselves from the Brewers right now, but for like four six games, that would be huge for Cincinnati. Get a little bit of a cushion away from Milwaukee, and Ellie De La Cruz is the reason that they're playing so well. This guy, I mean, he's hitting 311, I think, and he's got. Five homers. He's got eleven stolen bases. Three. He's there. It is. Three eighteen. Three fifty six. Five thirty six. That's a eight ninety two OPS. He's got fourteen extra base hits. He's got eleven stolen bases. This is in twenty six games. I mean, we're looking at we're looking at one of the best best next players of our generation. We're looking at one of the probably future best players in our league because what he's able to do with the bat in his hand mm. is just it's incredible totally agree yeah he has uh he has without a doubt been one of the one of the hotter players in uh in baseball and and like like we've, we've talked about in previous uh episodes he's an explosive player that the reds have really lacked probably since they had what ken griffey on the roster 15 years ago yeah, because I mean, you you look at you look at the Reds' history, and yeah, Joey Votto was there, and Joey Votto is a fantastic baseball An player, MVP but, caliber player. Like, but he's not but like a, but he's he not does, like so he doesn't jump off a piece of paper for you. Exactly, he doesn't jump off a piece of paper. He doesn't really put asses in seats. Like Joey Votto is is just like the stereotypical 
everyday white old man baseball player. He goes out there, he gets singles, he doesn't strike out, and he hits a couple homers. That is what a lot of teams could really use, and the Reds have been using that for years. But a guy like that doesn't bring excitement to the ballpark like a guy like Ellie De La Cruz does. This guy is making people go to the ballpark to watch him. Everyone in Cincinnati wants to go and watch and see what Ellie De La Cruz is going to do day in and day out. And this is huge for the Reds, a team that we have said this year, because of all the guys that have come up, we're looking to the Reds next year to be that team, like the Diamondbacks are this year, to be that surprise team of the season. And like we said in weeks past, like they could be outperforming that prediction. They could be that team this year and make a push to the playoffs and in the playoffs. We really don't know what's going to happen with 70-some-odd games left on the schedule. But right now, Cincinnati is, in my opinion, the hottest team in baseball. And they, they, they seriously look unstoppable for a team that we really did not expect a lot from this year. Yeah, the Reds are exceeding a lot of expectations. Now the real question is going to pop up in a lot of Reds fans is minds are is when is when is De La Cruz going to be extended? Yeah, that, that that that's the question that's been asked by a lot of guys. Um because when you look at the league so far uh the last couple of years, you know, with the Alex Anthopoulos of the of the league and a lot of guys getting a lot of pre-arb deals, there is no reason, no reason at all, that Cincinnati should not give this guy a long-term deal right now. Give him the deal. He has already proven in 26 games that he is going to be a staple. If maybe not in the, maybe not on the defensive side, but he will be a staple of this offense for the next five to ten years if they can keep him. So all they need to do is extend him. They need to extend him. They will save themselves some money. They will give him some guaranteed money. And that's just what you got to do. It's, it is what it is. That's what it, this is just how the league is working this, this year and the last couple years. Young guys are getting pre-arb deals and they have paid off for a lot of teams. I think we need to see this guy get locked up pretty soon. Yeah, I think it would be a smart decision by the Reds because you just look at other teams around the league, especially the Braves. Like, look at the Braves. They have all their young talent locked up for multiple multi-year deals, and you can make the argument that there's no team set up better for the future than the Atlanta Braves are right now. So I think the Reds should really take the model off of, you know, they should really take the model off the Braves' hands and just kind of try to implement it in their own way. I mean, they kind of already have with Hunter Green. I mean, Hunter Green to a lot of teams probably wouldn't have been a guy you'd want to lock up, but for the Reds, it's it's a good talent. He's young, and for them, it's worth the gamble. I mean, it's not like you're throwing the the kitchen sink at him, but you're giving him a sizable amount of money. I think it was around seventy five million dollars. So for the Reds, that's a lot, and it's going to be interesting. They're definitely going to have to uh, take a gamble on Cruz. I'm thinking some somewhere around, and look, you probably should have done this like now. But I think now if you do this after this season, you're probably going to be thinking about somewhere in the, the ballpark of like 12 or 13 years of like 175 to 200 million. Yeah, it, it's kind of going to depend on what, what way they want to go. We've seen um, a couple pre-arb deals go, you know, several years past arbitration. We've seen some uh, pre-arb deals go pretty much until the end of arbitration. So we could, we don't really know what we're going to see from from Cincinnati to Ellie. In my opinion, I'm th- I would be 
be try to get between the five and eight range that gets him past arbitration and you have him for about like two years after he after um he would have been done with arbitration so I think you know five to eight range is kind of what you got to look for this guy, especially a guy that we talk about who is so explosive and so dependent on his young body and and the shape that he's in right now. I think this is the time when you lock him up and you do it about five to eight years. We've seen this model work. The Braves have shown that it's worked, but don't get me wrong. This is a high risk, high reward kind of way to shape your team because you're putting a lot of faith in a very young guy. And especially if they do it now, you're putting a lot of faith in a young guy who has played 26 major league games. Obviously in those 26 games, he's been absolutely incredible, but you don't know what the future is going to hold for this guy. Personally, I, I think they should extend him, but I am a little worried of injury because this is a guy who's had injury in his past. Not, not nothing crazy. He's still very young, so it's hard to have that much past injury, but he did have some injuries in the minor leagues. And like I said, because this guy is so explosive and he uses his strength so much and he's so fast on the base paths, he's just I – don't, I don't really know any other word to say. He's just such an explosive player that we see a lot of those players either burn out or – get riddled with injuries like we saw Acuna do last year, two years ago with the torn ACL. So I would be a little wary of that, but I still think that Cincinnati has no reason not to extend this guy. No, they have no reason to. And they, and look, it would be in their best interest to, to really, to really just take a gamble. You might as well, because you look at how good you're playing this year already. And you're like, why can't we do this next year? And why can't we do this the year after, if we're going to have the same guys, so, yeah, you're going to take a gamble, but you have to take this gamble. You can't keep playing safe and and expect stuff to happen. And the Atlanta Braves took a huge gamble by signing everyone pre-arbitration. And everyone always sits there and asks, like, how did they get all these guys? It's because Acuna and Albies, their deals are tiny. They have bad deals. I think Acuna's deal was for $80 million. That's a 300, at least $300 million player. So Yeah, 100%. It's those early gambles that can really pay off. Cincinnati needs to make this gamble. They need to build off the energy that they have made this year and, and just see what happens in the years to come. Totally agree. Could not agree more. Let's move on from the Reds, and let's talk about the – Probably one of the bigger series for the Milwaukee Brew Crew coming up this weekend. Let me just, I want to get the, the pitching matchups previewed here. Let's see, one second here. All right. So we got Reds Brewers coming up. And Zach, you pointed this out. NL Central. This is a pretty big series for the Brew Crew. This kind of determines. Would you say would you say a, a, a shitty series here and a, a, a bad few weeks from the Brewers could really flip how they approach the deadline? Yeah, I think a hundred percent. I I think especially because they play Cincinnati now and then they play Cincinnati right after the All Star break. Um, you know this this series is in Milwaukee, so they have that to their favor. But with Cincinnati playing the baseball that they've been playing, I have you have to think that the Brewers are sitting there and they're like, well. It, if we get to 500, maybe a little under, then we really have some thinking to do come deadline time because this is a team that 
while they may make the playoffs this year, I don't see being good for the next couple of years because they have guys coming up on contract and just the the structure of the team has not been great this year. Obviously, we know the NL Central is a shitty division this year, and that's why the Brewers are still in it. But I mean, 47 and 41, that, that's still a good team. But I don't see any piece of this team really that I'm like, yep, that guy's going to be here for a bunch of years and, and he's going to make them good for a bunch of years. Like they don't really have that guy. So I think it's really the Brewers, if they, if they lose two series to the Cincinnati and then they slide for a couple weeks, I think they're going to have some really, really tough decisions to make in the front office, especially a team that'll probably be hovering around 500. They could make a tough decision that leaves fans with their jaws on the floor and pretty pissed off. hundred percent. So Friday night tomorrow, or actually tonight, I always forget that we release these on the day after. So do I. Friday, tonight we have Corbin Burns going up against Andrew Abbott. It took me a second to find that name. Andrew Abbott, who's been stellar this year, a 4-0, ER, a 4-0 win-loss record with a 1-2-1 ERA, going up against a 6-5 Burns with a 4 ERA. Like, I like the Reds. Like, this is this this has to be the Red Series. Like, this has to be the Red Series. I don't – like, like I'm with you. Like, I don't understand how this isn't the Red Series. Like, every every time they play, dude, I'm just like, yeah, they're, they're winning the series because – it's just how they play. They pitch well and they hit. And the hitting that they do, it's not like the Braves. It's not like the Rays. You're not going to get hit after hit after hit after hit and home run after home run. Like This is a team that hits when they need to hit. They hit with runners in scoring position and they hit to – I don't want to say they, – they don't hit to build their stats. They hit for the team. The team needs a fly ball, they get a fly ball. The team needs a ground ball, they get a ground ball. If they need a home run, they got Ellie, they got Joey Votto, they got all these guys who have been playing so good. This team has 95, I think, home runs this season. This is a good team. And like I said before, Milwaukee, I just feel like is a team that I don't really see anybody on their team. And I'm like, that guy sticks out to me. And that guy is going to carry them. They don't really have that. Cincinnati has that right now. I think they take this series pretty easily. Yeah, I agree. I'm taking Cincinnati all day in this series. Let's go out to the AL East this time. Let's talk a little Alec Manoa. Alec Manoa had a few rough starts down in the uh, low A ball in Florida. Looks to have bounced back in double A and is now getting recalled up to the Toronto Blue Jays uh, this upcoming weekend. And it looks like he's going to get his first start back. Zach, any thoughts about this? Is this a little quick for Manoa? What do we think? You know, I think Manoa is obviously probably one of the one of the most interesting players this year in baseball because when you saw this guy on the mound last year, you just saw domination. He was dominating the mound. He was dominating baseball. He was pitching great. He should have won. He could have won the Cy Young. You could have made a case that he was the Cy Young winner last year. This year. Nothing, literally nothing. So many walks, hits, everything looks flat. His fastball is like two miles an hour slower. Just he just looks bad out there. So they he send looks, him. He looks awful. He look he looked terrible. So they sent him all the way down too. They didn't just demote him to. Oh yeah, they sent. They him, they said, said 
They said, go into the basements of Florida and you figure this the fuck out. And maybe when you figured it out, we'll bring you back up. I do think it's a little soon, but I think this is a Blue Jays team that needs something. They need something to go their way because at 46 and 40, this you like it's hard to say that six games over 500 is a disappointment but right now i feel like this season this season is a disappointment for the blue jays they haven't got the production that they needed offensively to carry their failing rotation this year jose barrios this is another team like it's kind of like seattle how seattle when beginning of the year we were like if Kalenic or Kalnick is sorry, if Kalnick is good this year, Seattle is going to be fantastic. It, it was the same way with the Blue Jays. We were like, if Barrios can figure it out and he's good this year, the Blue Jays are going to be fantastic. Well, Barrios is a lot better this year. Is he as good as he was in Minnesota? No, but he's he looks like he's figured a little bit of something out this year. But no, the Blue Jays fucking they just can't figure it out enough. They're, they're, they're right there. They're one of those fringe teams. They're right there. But Manoa coming back and being maybe not his old self, but being good enough is a huge step for the Blue Jays because they need rotation help right now. They need pitching help. And having Manoa not in this rotation, not pitching well, really, really hurt the Blue Jays. And I think that if he can come back and figure something out, they'll be in a way better spot. Yeah, 100%. I... um. The Blue Jays need to uh, they need to get their pitcher back. They need to get Manoa back to how he was last year. He was in great form last year. Some people even considered him as a Cy Young candidate coming into this year, um, and has yet to to, to really show that a, a one seven record with a six six three six ERA is not going to put you in that conversation. But look, this is a uh, you know he's getting a fresh start and he's doing it against the Tigers. He has the Tigers and then he has the All Star break this upcoming week. So uh, fortunately, he will not be back in the All Star game this year. Uh, but he will um, have to watch in the sidelines and hopefully work on it and uh, come back to the to the form that he was last year. At least that's what the Blue Jays are hoping for. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I mean, I I really don't have that much faith in this guy right now, just because I, I don't know some of the comments he made in the off season and and just what we saw at the beginning of this season. I I feel like there's there's not a lot of confidence from me for this guy to come back and be his old self. You know, there were so many comments this offseason about his weight and about, like, a lot of guys ask, like, are you athletic? Are you even healthy? Like, like, are you okay? He was basically like, guys, fuck off. Who cares how fat I am? Like, all right, bro. Fucking relax. You're a professional baseball player. You should be in at least some shape. You shouldn't be 300-something pounds trying to pitch off the mound. Yeah. That's just n- not good. And he's doing it against the Tigers, too, so – it's uh he's coming back with a little bit of a handicap i think on the on the, on the tigers this is not uh you're not going up against the braves speaking of those braves zach this is the series of the weekend in my opinion braves rays in in the trop in the shithole in the armpit of baseball tropicana field in st petersburg florida hosting the braves and the rays this weekend I'm excited for this weekend. I'm excited for these three games. They're on the Apple TV game on Friday night. So for those who are trying to find it, uh, make sure you listen to Apple TV because they have the absolute worst announcing crew in the game. It is they really awful. do. They really do. They do a horrible job at producing those games. They're probably um, a, they're probably Saturday Night Baseball too on Saturday. Yeah, they're, no, they'll probably do the Fox game on 
Saturday. That's what I mean. Saturday Night Baseball, Fox. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and they essentially have an identical record. I mean, both with fifty-seven, fifty-eight wins. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this. This real this game really has no effect for either of them. It's except this this possibly could be a World Series preview. Uh, obviously, we know in the past to not you know anticipate the best team to go to the World Series, but this is about as damn close to a world series matchup you're going to get in July as you can. And Zach, I am excited for this series. I'll be wagering a lot of money on a lot of these games. Uh, specifically, I like the, I like the Rays. Look, you're at home time to, you know, defend the, the home turf. Yeah, dude, this is going to be seriously the, probably the best series we've seen all, all year. Um, a lot of people are looking at looking at this as the World Series matchup. I think the Braves will be there, not the Rays. But that, I, who am I to say anything? But this is a huge series for both teams because we're going to really see these teams go up against teams that they are going to see in the playoffs. This is these are both fantastic rosters playing against fantastic rosters that we will see if they can hold up. And I think that the fact that it's right before the All Star break is perfect because i think that both teams are going to throw the kitchen sink at each other we're going to see a lot of relievers i feel like we're going to see this series play as a playoff series because they're going to have that all-star break they're going to have that four or five days off that both the braves and the rays are going to come out with a lot of fire looking to really take it to the other team i personally have the braves i think the braves will take this series i just think they're a better overall team but 100 they're a better overall team but the Rays play very good at the Trop. They love the Trop for some odd reason, but I, I um I think this series is going to show a lot. I hope I'll say that this series is going to show a lot of the weaknesses of the Tampa Bay Rays. I think the Braves, if anyone in baseball is going to show the weaknesses of the Rays, it is going to be the Atlanta Braves because this is the best team in baseball. 1000% the best team in baseball. But look, it's a good matchup for this weekend. And I think a lot of people are going to be uh, tuned in to see how the two best teams in baseball square off against one another. Because look, for the Braves, you have Strider, Morton going. I'm not sure they have on Sunday, but Glass now will be on the bump for the Rays. So there's a lot of good pitching pitchers in this series in general. And then you have the star power on offense. So it's, uh, it's going to be a fun time in uh, St. Petersburg this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. The pitching matchups honestly are incredible. You know, with the, the first day, Chuck Morton just just goes out there and just shoves curveballs down your fucking throat. And the fact that he is a 3-5 is just – I don't know how he maintains a 3-5, but I feel like every year he's around a 3-5. And then the Rays have Glass now going, and they have Bradley going on Saturday. Then they have Zach Eflin, who's had a great season, going on Sunday. So we're going to see some real great pitching, some real great hitting. And I, I'm so excited for the series. It's going to be such a good series, and – I don't know. I don't really know what to expect, but I'm very excited to watch it. Let's go over to the Angels in the Dodgers. The Angels' uh, unfortunate break uh, in in just the short span of 24 to 48 hours, they lost three of their players to an injury. It looks like Otani is going to be all right, and for the moment it doesn't look like he'll be on the shelf for too long, maybe miss a start or two. Um, with the blister on his finger, but Rendon, I haven't really heard much of an update on, uh, trout. There really isn't much of an update beyond he's going on the injured list. Will not play in the all-star game. 
this is a this is a gut punch for Angels fans as this was kind of your last push for greatness with all the uncertainty surrounding Otani's free agent decision next year. Uh, this this definitely hurts. Hundred percent, this hurts. Yeah, th- this really hurts the Angels, a team that's honestly been playing a lot better baseball this year than in years past, and it's pretty much all on the back of Shohei Otani. The June that he had was absolutely incredible, both on the mound and in the box. And losing Mike Trout does not help you because having Otani and Trout at the top of that, um, at the top of that lineup, just killing teams, is a huge thing, and. Just having Otani there kind of blows the Angels because a lot of teams won't even like probably won't even try to attack Otani because you don't really want to with how well he's been swinging the bat and without Trout behind him, it's very hard for teams to be sitting there like why like teams are going to be sitting there like why are we even pitching to this guy? We might as well pitch around him if there's no Trout behind him. Trout with a with a fractured wrist, he's probably going to be out you know a couple weeks. I, I don't see him coming back anytime soon, honestly. And this is a guy who we talked we talk about all the time with the with the fucking injury history. I mean, with his back problems and everything he's got going on, and it, it just feels like this guy can't catch a break. And it it sucks for someone who I claim to be one of the best players to ever play the game to be riddled with injuries. It can't make the playoffs. It's just it's it's a tough career for Mike Trout, and it just keeps getting tougher. Hope he can wake make his way back, but. I think the Angels have a huge series this weekend against the Dodgers. This is another battle for California, a battle for Los Angeles, and we'll see what happens. I think the Angels can scare the Dodgers a little bit. I really do. If Otani is still in that lineup and still hitting, they always have a chance. And the Dodgers, I don't know. I really don't know how to feel about the LA Dodgers because every year for the past, I don't know, five, seven years, I have been like, yep. Dodgers, amazing, winning the NL West, probably making it at least to the ALDS, maybe the ALCS. They're so good, blah, 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 but they're not going to win it all. This year, I don't really know how to feel about the LA Dodgers because they're not they're not leading the NL West. They're not doing anything crazy. They'll most likely be in wildcard weekend with how great the Diamondbacks have been playing. So I don't know how to feel about the Dodgers, but the Angels without Trout, is it just doesn't feel right. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Let's talk about the series they have this weekend: Angels and Dodgers. Zach, this uh, this could go one of two ways for the Angels. The Angels currently sit uh, third place in the American League West, forty five and forty four on the year, one game over five hundred. This could go one of two ways for the Angels. You can either get swept, you can be swept, you could you can't split, you can you know. Win the series, you can lose. There's a whole lot of fucking things that can happen. In your opinion, what has to happen for the Angels to feel comfortable going into the into the uh, All Star break? You know, personally, I think anything besides a sweep, and you and you feel okay. I think even if you take one out of three from the Dodgers, I think you still feel okay. Uh, just because they don't have Trout and Otani is battling this blister or whatever, I, I think if you take one, you feel okay. But you, I don't think you can get swept here. Listen, I mean, the Angels are th- the third. They are four games out of the wild card right now. They're tied with Boston, and again, it's the same thing I kind of said before with the Mets. They will need a bunch of teams to start sliding in order to get in there. 
I think if you take one of three from the Dodgers, I think you still feel okay where you are. And, you know, like we've said, like for the past couple weeks, I feel like the LA or the Anaheim Angels are playing this year not to go to the playoffs. They're not playing to win the World Series. They're not, I feel like they're playing to keep Shohei Otani on the team. And they need to keep pushing in order to keep this guy on the team because he is not going to stay on a team that is not good. He's made it clear he wants to win. He need, he wants to win a World Series. He did everything else that he wanted to do. Now it's time he wants to win a World Series. And if he doesn't think this team can do it, he is going to pack his bags and he's going to go somewhere else. So I think one out of three, the Angels still feel okay. But you win this series, you have a lot of momentum going into the All-Star break. And then hopefully after the All-Star break, Otani feels good. Hopefully in a couple of weeks, Trout comes back and this team is at hopefully full health 100 percent. yeah the angels need to get to full health as soon as they possibly can and uh it's gonna be the platoon guys now for a little bit to, to carry the weight until trout is fully back because he's essentially this team essentially the same way the yankees are built without judge it doesn't really work so without trout and without a fully healthy otani it doesn't really work either so you're darn tootin all right, Zach, is there anything else you wanted to get into today? Um, I would like to throw a wild stat at you. Maybe yeah, not a wild it. stat, but – so I was looking before because I was watching – obviously, I watch my beloved Red Sox, and Jaron Duran has been fantastic this year. Now, I wanted to look to see where he ranks among players in average and doubles. He is a, not a qualified hitter. He's only played 66 games. He he does not have enough at-bats to be a qualified hitter. But even though he is not a qualified hitter and has played about 20 less games than everyone who is a qualified hitter, he is fourth in the major league in doubles. Wow. And he is top 10 in average. Wow. I just – So you should get more ABs is what you're telling me. I don't even start with me. He should be getting way more ABs. This is why I want them to fucking trade Adam Duvall. Please, please. If you are out there and you are listening, Heim Bloom, please trade Adam Duvall. Get him off my team. He had eight phenomenal games at the beginning of the season, and it's just been garbage since then. I want Jaron Duran playing center field every fucking day. You heard it, Heim Bloom. Duran, center field, every day. Every day. And I'm also really tired of the revolving door of shortstops. I, I can't yeah, do it I anymore. Can... Trevor Story can't come back any sooner. Okay, now, now I'm done. We can go to picks. All right, let's get some picks in. By Riverside. All right, picks for Friday, July seventh. Zach, I'll start us off. I am going Baltimore Orioles money line plus one thirty against the Minnesota Twins in Minnesota. 
Look, the, the Twins have a better pitcher on the bump. They have Ober on the bump against Irvin with a 6 ERA with the Orioles. Ooh, that's not great. Ooh. But they're the underdogs, and they're on the road, and I'm taking the O's. You know, I think that is uh, that is allowed. I think you're allowed to take the Orioles. Um, before I do my pick, I would like to just announce producer Jake's pick for Friday, July 7th, is the Atlanta Braves over the Tampa Bay Orioles, Tampa Bay Orioles, the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, Jake's taking the Braves. The Braves are plus 115, so good luck to Jake. For my pick, I'm going to go with Cincinnati. I'm going to take the Reds over the Brewers on Friday. Um, I think the Reds are just going to get better pitching than the Brewers, even though Corbin Burns is on the mound. I think that... Andrew Abbott's just been fantastic since he's come up with a 1-2 ERA. I think the Reds are just one of the hottest teams in baseball, and there's no stopping the Reds right now. So I'm going to take the Reds over the Brewers. I like it. Reds money line, baby. They're my team, dude. I I fucking love them. I just love Ellie. He's so good. All right, I can do roulette today. Oh, okay. Okay. Go for it. So Jake isn't here, so should we give him a number? I think we should give him a number. We should give him a number. Okay. What exactly. is he ask your ask Siri to spit out a random number. Okay. Pick a number zero through thirty-six. Thirty-three. So that's Jake's number. Zach? Uh I'm gonna go with seven. Okay, that's what I would I'm going to go with twenty-three. Michael okay. Jordan. We're spinning. We are not on live, by the way. So this is all computer. Oh, sp- no. Spinning. We're still spinning. Ooh, black 35. Ah, so close. Yet so far. Yet so far. Closest <laughs> was Jake. Go, Jake. Even when he's not here, he's still winning. I have to put that down in the roulette. Oh, in the spreadsheet. All right, folks. Yeah, I think that's going to do it for our episode today. Um, what do you want to do about next week? I was thinking about that. Do you want to just talk about it on the podcast? Yeah, I think we should just do. Uh, I think we should. We should. We should. We should do an episode during the home run derby. I'm so down. You want to do it during? I'll come to your. We could do a live. One yeah, we could do a live pod from the derby. All right, we're going to yeah. do a live pod then. Then we will see everybody on Tuesday with the live pod of the home run derby from monday night thanks you thanks everybody for listening we love all of you and we are mad that producer jake's not here so bye deuces